Hello, everybody. Welcome to HR Tech Chat, the latest episode uh, with 360 Insights. And today we have with us Jeannie Walden, who is Chief Innovation and Marketing Officer for Daily Pay. Uh, yeah, and uh, and great logo, by the way. I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, and uh, we had a couple conversations recently, and they were super interesting. And we thought, why don't we sort of start off where we left off around some of these ideas and there were a lot of ideas that we that we discussed but one thing that sticks out for me is this this idea that and i want to give you the floor here is this this idea that that pay is so much more than a number maybe we can start there yeah absolutely i mean i think you summed it up perfectly pay is such an important element of who we've become as people in the workplace. I mean, after all, it's it's the reason that we are working, not necessarily to get the most amount of money because in many aspects we work for reasons related to social good, but it, it does enable us to support ourselves, to support our families, to support family and friends, and that puts a big burden on us. So when it comes to pay, it really is something critically important to us and the experiences that we have with our pay can often create additional stress if they're negative or can relieve stress that we have on the burden of taking care of ourselves and our family and create more happiness and in the workplace even more productivity so we at daily pay love to look at pay not just as a thing but as the pay experience pay experience that's that's the um the term that that really resonates with me uh, and I think you really hit it on the head you know that pay is it it is the reason when it comes right down to it there are a number of reasons all sorts of reasons why we work you know we, we want to we have these um, you know what we're passionate about uh, we want to f derive meaning from it and all these sorts of things but 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 there is that exchange of of labor or thought or contribution for pay, and so when it really comes down to it, it 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 is a number two. Um, one of the things that we talk about at at, uh, at three sixty insights is this idea that that HCM uh, comprises concrete and abstract elements right there are some things that are very easy straightforward to understand that uh even accounting can understand it maybe if you want to put it that way is that you know okay um yes i have to pay my employees so that they'll stay and they won't go someplace else right um but then there's there's this whole idea that that pay is perhaps the most abstract element of HCM as well because there's so much riding on 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 getting paid but also there's so much there's so much uh, uh, potential to expand our understanding of how employees think about pay and can interact with pay and I think that's what we get to when we when we start talking about pay experience so um, what are your thoughts around pay experience what what can um, what are some some ideas or sort examples of um, what a what a pay experience can be like? So I think to to wrap your head around what a pay experience actually is comprised of, that I'm going to give you one name, and that name is Maggie. 
Okay, and, and that's the name of the representative employee that we've created at Daily Pay to remind us how to think about pay from an experiential standpoint. So Maggie's are millennials and Gen Z workers who get instant everything. They've grown up their entire lives in a digital world. If they need a car, they click on a button, Uber, Lyft, automatically there. Need a place to stay? VBRO, VRBO, Airbnb, everything is just a click away. Food, you've got a thousand different options, including Uber Eats. To them, everything in life is an instant experience. When they need it, when they want it, it's available to them. So why not pay? So, um, so when you think about pay, not just as a once a month, once a week, once every other week event, and you think about it as an experiential element, it really takes it down to something very simple. Your money that you've earned needs to be available when you need it, not when the company decides that you need it, but when you need it, when you want it. And to access it, it should be very simple, like the click of a button, just like getting a ride share. That makes it an experience that you control and that you manage, and it makes it a very positive experience. Your roommate calls and says, oh my God, the pipes burst. We need to get a plumber today. I know payday for us isn't until the 15th. No problem. That's a potentially negative experience that could stress you out at work. You open up your app, you click on daily pay, you get the money that you need, you pay the plumber, all of a sudden you have a great experience when you come home. That's how pay creates a really great experience and that's part of the pay experience. And for us to figure out how this really, really works, we thought, is it really like a stretch to think of pay being an experiential element? What's the most mundane experience you could think of? And how do you turn that into something phenomenal? So we thought about coffee. Like think about it, for, for you and I, what's coffee? You wake up in the morning, make some coffee, you may or may not realize that you made it because you don't want to wake it. You drink it, you put it either in your car or you put it in the sink and you move on with your day, coffee's done. When you want coffee, you know, if there's coffee in the house, you can get it, you can walk to a Starbucks. But what if coffee was an experience like most millennial and Gen Z workers have created with their lives? Coffee's very different. You wake up, you think about it, you go on social media, you figure out where the best coffee place is, you order it online while you're getting ready so it's seamless, doesn't interrupt your day, you order the best thing that you could possibly think of based on reviews that you've seen from the coffee store, you roll into the coffee place, you pick up your mobile coffee, but you don't drink it yet because it's part of an experience. You want it to last because now you've got anticipation about how amazing this Choco Loco Mate Cloud coffee is going to be with an extra shot in there. So that sounds really you good. Do, you, take, you take a picture because you yeah. want to share the experience and, and how much joy it's bringing you online. And you wait until your friends write back to you and say, oh my God, I'm so jealous. I wish I had my coffee. I haven't had coffee yet. Oh, sad, no coffee for me. And now you've got a social experience where even the most simple thing is coffee has turned into an experience that brings you joy and happiness. And if you can do that with coffee, you absolutely should do it with pay because pay can bring so much joy and it can bring families together. It can bring groups together. It shouldn't be this thing that becomes this cold, hard element that happens once a week or once every other week. It has to be something that's there when you need it and that can bring you joy and happiness. You know, you've made me think of so many things. First off, um, just to get a little bit of a tangent, 
I love my coffee in the morning and I actually have like a like a total process related to it. I do I do the French press coffee. I actually look forward to it when I wake up. Um, I go in there. Usually have one of one of our little baby girls with me. So that that's an additional element. But um but yeah, I, I sit there and it is a process for me. My wife, she's different. She wants her coffee. She doesn't want to think about it. There's a separate machine that she makes her coffee on and she just presses a button, takes it, and then goes back up to, to something that she doesn't want to think about. She, so it's interesting. There's different different ideas around coffee and how how we interact with it. But the, the, I like the analogy. So one of the things that, that, it, that occurred to me well, there's two things. One is this idea that that technology, right? To, it, I'd like your 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 take on this. It's because it just occurred to me. Pay before all of this instant technology, cellular phones, smartphones, the internet, and all of that. I mean, I'm dating myself. Before the internet, I mean, some people don't even remember what that was. Did you want to laugh? Did the dinosaurs get in the way? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they, the, dinosaur, the, the dinosaurs did have wireless, though. Uh, but in, in any event, before all of this, I don't think there even was the um, the fathoming that that pay could be more than just something that you received once every week or every two weeks, right? There was, that was just, okay, yeah, that's just your pay, all right? Uh, but with, with technology, actually these two ideas kind of go together. With technology, it seems like all of a sudden it's opened our eyes to the idea that pay can be a lot more than that once a week or once every two weeks thing and it and it's something that we can have control over and that that's something else you know technology uh, millennials and zoomers you know they that's what they know is not instantaneous having control uh, over, over things that that gen xers or boomers or whoever didn't in the past yeah. so there's that and then there's the idea that that pay should Pay is, at the end of the day, going back to something we talked about a few minutes ago, it is, it is the main, it is the crux of why we're working. You know, it, it, it's some people, you know, they, they're independently wealthy and they decide to work anyway because they're doing something that they love, uh, that they're passionate about. But for the vast majority of us, we're, we're working, that, that is like a fundamental reason that we're working. And why should it be, it's so fundamental to working. Why should it be just something in the background that's not even almost not even spoken about? You know, like like politics and religion, you don't talk about them at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, right? You're not supposed to talk about pay. No, let's talk about pay with our employees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you, you talk a lot about control, uh, which is fabulous because we have technology has enabled us to give control over when and how you access your pay back to the employee where it rightly belongs. But it's also about choice. You know, and you talked about with you and your wife with coffee, her choice is to have quick, fast coffee. Your choice is to go through a process. And everybody's different. Same thing with pay. You know, back before World War II, everybody got paid when they worked. It was just the way things happened. It, it wasn't until the government looked to make some economic-related decisions that we started to get rules and regulations around uh, the way that pay is handled, and that was for taxation purposes. So it wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, companies decided they wanted to remove choice and control from their employees. 
the government, you know, made some rules and regulations and, and started to take that way. But even in those early days, when ADP came in and provided the first outsourced payroll opportunities, we've looked for a way to transition back. And what better way to transition back to choice and control than to leverage the advent of technology and certainly this entire digital transformation and push into the future of work that COVID has enabled us to capitalize on and, and really make the most out of it for all of us because we deserve that. And you know, at Daily Pay, we offer on-demand pay, but we go so far beyond on-demand pay with just the ability to unlock all of the different ways that pay works and not just what you get in your paycheck on the 15th, but how you get off-cycle payments, how you get reward payments, bonus payments, all of those things should be given to employees with the same choice and control that we've enabled now for just your traditional paycheck. How much do regulations um, uh, slow that or, or do you find that the regulations that are in place are an impediment to, to being able to offer flexibility in pay or are they, are they ultimately um, just another swim lane or how, how does that all? Yeah, everything that regulators are doing is being done for the good of the employee, and we are big supporters and fans of that. In the on-demand pay industry, uh, it's not as highly regulated yet as right. other industries that relate to access to money are, like the payday loan industry. Not an industry that we're in, but very highly regulated, and I think that industry has restructured themselves to be in line with the regulation that's out there. For the on-demand pay industry, the regulations in place are absolutely wonderful. They're looking to safeguard and make sure that people have the money to pay back taxes, child support, other things that they truly need to pay, and, and I think that that's fantastic. I do expect that we'll see more uh, regulatory kind of interest popping up over the next few years as more and more companies adopt on-demand pay as just the way that their employees get paid. So I think it will continue to evolve, but as long as it's supporting the best interests of the employee, we think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I want to throw a, um, a thought out here that I think relates to, to what we were just talking about. Um, so I've thought this through quite a bit, you know, in terms of, okay, what is getting back to this idea of concrete and abstract HCM, right? Concrete apps, again, for, for uh, people listening, concrete HCM being this idea that, you know, these are the, the basics, the the most, uh, you know, the basic essentials of, of HCM, right? I have to pay my people. I, I have to have a time and attendance solution in place so that I can track their hours and, um, and I need to be able to plan their schedules and, yeah, I have to give them benefits because the law says I have to, and sort sort of the bare essentials, you know, of, of employing people. Looking at that as a uh, possibly a cost to contain, and then there's the idea of abstract HCM, where are there all these things that I can do? I can make schedules very flexible for my employees so that they can uh, balance um, their 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 family and uh, non-work lives with 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 their work lives, right? And so that they can maybe not have to call out uh, as much and I might be able to retain them longer and and, and of course extending to pay what like we've been talking about for the past uh, several minutes here. Uh, so there's that idea of concrete and abstract HCM and I thought okay 
there's this idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs where a lot of people have heard of it, but just to give some people sort of a background super quick, it's this idea, it's this guy in the 40s, um, I don't know his first name, his name's Maslow, last name. He came up with this idea that, that we have physiological and safety needs that we have to satisfy first, and then after that we have um, a desire for love and belonging, and then esteem, and then, and then if we achieve all these things, then we can start to achieve self-actualization at the top of the pyramid, and it's actually a pyramid, right? And I was actually brought to the it was brought to the attention of this recently by uh, by a fellow I really respected this idea. Well, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is there's a better theory out there. I'd never heard of it. This, uh, this guy by the last name of Alderfer came around in the 60s. I also don't know his first name either. I just know these guys' last names. But anyway, Alderfer is this idea that there's is a simplification of of the of the hierarchy of needs in Maslow, where we talk about just existence. Uh, let me get this right. Existence, relatedness, and growth. So growth um, sort of coincides with the top two rungs, esteem and self-actualization. Um, there's some overlap with relatedness, with esteem, and also with love and belonging. And then the lower two, the existence and, um, and um, uh, physiological needs, those are all about existence. Okay. And that you can, in a work environment, an employee is thinking about all these things at the same time time and trying to achieve all these things simultaneously, not sort of, you know, one after the other. And that's pretty interesting. So if you think about pay, it's, we've thought about pay for so long as just an existence thing, right? But yeah. when, when you're talking about pay experience, you're talking about relatedness and, and, and even growth, but especially relatedness. And that, that's what's so interesting to me around pay experience. And you think about um, uh, compliance around pay. It's all been compliance around pay has really been compliance around anything around employment has all been focused on the existence part of employment for the for the most part, right? Or the when we think about you know FLSA and all this kind of stuff, it's all around existence. And so it would make sense that there's maybe less of a regulatory framework right now around the relatedness. And so the reason the regulations have been in place, in my opinion, is because rightly so, we as a society have seen that existence, it's really important to ensure that that if someone is doing their fair share to provide for their own existence, that whoever they're dealing with in relation to that also hold up their end of the bargain, right? So it'd be interesting to see you know, whether relatedness and growth may eventually be seen as necessary, you know, in terms of, you know, if, if you're working, then you also deserve relatedness and growth, not just existence. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I think, look, I think that's where employee engagement comes from. And the important factor of employee engagement, yes, you can come to work every day and you can do a certain set of tasks and get a certain dollar amount for it, but where's the personal value in that? Where where do you find you know joy from there that enables you to make the most out of your life, to be the best person that you can at work and when you leave at home? We've all had jobs that we have 
you know, not really enjoyed coming to and, and think about yourself when you leave from a job like that. You're sad, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're upset. And it takes a while to decompress and get back to your family and provide them with the love and support that they need. So, you know, anything that we can do when we're spending eight out of the 12 to 16 waking hours a day that we have at work or potentially even more to make that an enjoyable place where the experience of your job points to all positive things. So, you know, you're, you talk about Maslow, I, I, I take it way, way down to Freud and his psychoanalytic theory, theory. Everyone is either alive to move ahead or avoid extinction. And yeah. that's why we work. I mean, yes, if people are working, it's because they either need to provide for their family or they need to avoid getting kicked out of their house. <laughs> they need to be able to pay their rent. <laughs> like it's pretty cut and dry. So when you're going to a place of employment and you and you want to look at more opportunities to make more money, you have to improve at your job. In order to do that, you have to capitalize on the environment. You've got to learn more skills. You've got to network better. There's a lot of things that you need to do that you can't do if you're having a horrible, awful day where you know your work experience is so restrictive that you can't move forward. So when pay becomes an experiential asset that you can make the most out of, it actually helps you to move into that next role, the next level, the next status level at your company because you can make most out of it and turn it into something very positive, not just for you, but for your family at home as well. Yeah, and that's the part that that last bit is, is really interesting to me because um, it's this idea that, well, if you're, if you're completely spent and just sort of um, cowed or whatever from from your work experience and that um, possibly being you know at least in part because of your pay experience right mm -hmm. then you're actually being you're actually not being your potential best for society you know right. holistically uh, outside of outside of work so this is really about um, it's really about the idea of of enabling people who, who have to work anyway, yeah. being as, you know, realizing as, as much of their potential as possible um, uh, from, a, from a, uh, an experiential standpoint in work, uh, a positive experience, pos positive experience, mm -hmm. um, that they can be um, as full as possible in, in their work-life balance. Yeah, and, and think about it this way. You know, if you're if you're at Kroger, or Target, Dollar Tree, you work there, you come in and you've got a great pay experience opportunity by working there, like having daily pay accessible to you. You feel good about yourself. You're excited to work because you know when you need that money, if you need that money, it's going to be available for you. You are more prone to provide better customer service to the people that you interact with. Happier customers means more revenue to the company. More revenue to the company means either promotion for you, more benefit opportunities, more profits for the organization so they can put in more programs and benefits that make it an even better place to work. It, it's really a cyclical piece of work and it's a cyclical initiative. But even if it, you weren't thinking about the customers, you work at you know Taco Bell or Arby's or Wendy's and you decide to leave. You've got a great opportunity somewhere else. On your last day of work, 
the company says to you, we're going to have to mail you your check. And then there's a crazy snowstorm like we had in Texas. And unfortunately, yeah. the mail gets delayed. And you have a negative experience with your last check unrelated to the company. Um, but it's still a negative experience. You think about that. The next time you want to go out to eat, you may have different choices because you're thinking, oh, it took me X number of days to get the check. You're not thinking because of the snowstorm. You're just going back to experiences that you have. So, you know, when companies can, you know, like those fast food companies can offer pay experience like they do and provide you your final day's pay electronically through our cycle product, your last day at Taco Bell is an awesome day. You know, you bring you bring home some Taco Bell, you bring home that party pack, you've got your check in your hand, and you're ready to move on to your next role, and everyone's happy. So, you know, it's just really working and pay is such a basic need of all of ours. Why not make the most of it? Why not make it a great place? And, and employers benefit, employees benefit, customers benefit. We're all happy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know what, and, and in the at some point if you feel the urge to go to chipotle's you may feel bad about it and not go and go to taco bell <laughs> instead right there you go. <laughs> right are you retaining customer if you're not ret if you're not retaining your own your own employees um in some in, in some industries as 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 customers then, yeah. then, then you're doing it wrong. I, I think of all sorts of companies, like you know, car, I, uh, automobile manufacturers. Yeah. You know, they, um, there's all sorts of things that you can do for your employees to help them um, feel good about buying from you as well. Obviously, not a not a forced thing, but you know, because of the because of that sentiment. You yeah. really, another thing that you bring up that's super interesting, and I know we're kind of running low on time, but 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 but. But it made me think of this is that every and especially in some industries uh, more than others in some of the industries that that you that you sort of alluded to there the the frontline worker really is the face of the brand i mean you know you can do all of your advertisements and your jingles and you know and you can have good food or some other good product or or whatever it is about the product that's that's good, whether it's convenient or whatever, and what it's known for. But at the end of the day, if you have employees that are not at their best because they just intrinsically want to be, because you're treating them right, you're giving them uh, the best possible work ecosystem to operate in, then your brand is going to suffer. And how do you measure that? It's very tough to measure, but at the same time, uh, um, uh, you'll definitely be able to measure it when when you're out of business, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, because that's zero. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeannie. I really appreciate it. This has been a super interesting conversation. That I love this idea that that pay is so much more than a number, and it and it can meet. It can really really be sort of the the, uh, the basis for an experiential work um, environment. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And your insights and the research that you and your team do are so fantastic in this area. It's, it's really inspirational for us at Daily Pay. And, uh, you know, we, we love reading what you have to say and figuring out how we can make an even better product. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Wonderful. Take care. All right, you too. Okay, bye-bye.